Hi there, and welcome along to the JazzNet podcast, the totally free and independent Rangers podcast where the content is made by the fans, for the fans, and where everything is always 100% free. Uh, and as you know by now, it's not just the podcast that we have here at JazzNet, but if you head over to the website at www.jazznet.co.uk, you can catch up with all the great content, including match previews, reviews, articles, history archives, and the very, very friendly discussion forum. Uh, it's another wee Friday night preview show that we have for you here at JazzNet. We're going to be looking ahead to the Kilmarnock game tomorrow uh, and touching on a couple of other wee issues as well, such as the continuing disciplinary farce in Scottish football um, and the ongoing uh, tax case that we have as well surrounding Rangers and Scottish football at the moment. So there's plenty to discuss. Uh, my name's Ross Bennett. I'm going to be your host this evening. And uh, as you can tell, the cameras are on. We are delighted to be joined by fans' favourite, John McCallum. Uh, John, it's been a while, actually, since you and I were last on a show together. So it's uh, it's a pleasure to see you again. How I'm you well, I'm well. I think they just keep us apart, Ross. I think, you know, too much of a good thing. Exactly. But I've, yeah. I've been looking ahead to the schedule and see that we're back on together on Sunday. So Yes. Yes. You know. I told my wife earlier that, um, oh, by the way, I'm doing a football podcast on Valentine's night. And she's not right. <laughs> So you might as well just carry on doing one tonight then because yeah. your weekend's ruined already. That's it. Fast track to divorce. <laughs> um, it's, no, but it, it's, uh, as you say, John, it's a pleasure to have you back on. And um, there's there's quite a lot to discuss for us tonight. Obviously, we'll go ahead and we'll look at the Kilmarnock game um, in a wee moment. But uh, it's been quite the week for Scottish football. Um, what I do want to kind of say straight off the bat is that, you know, obviously we acknowledge this has been quite a momentous week in terms of the the, the report that's come out around um, historic child sex abuse in football. Um, we're going to sort of let the dust settle on that a wee bit and and, and maybe come to that in a few days' time. Um, but what I would say is that there's some excellent stuff that's been written by our very own Frankie on, on the JustNet website um, and a lot of stuff that I think is still to come out on this issue. So I, I think we're going to give that some time before um, we try and tackle that, that issue properly and sensitively. Something that we don't have to tackle sensitively, thankfully, is the disciplinary stuff in, in Scottish football. So I think we might as well start there, John. Um, Kamar Roof's appeal failed. Two-game suspension is upheld for, for the, the tackle last week against Hamilton. Um, Albion Ajeti in midweek for, for Celtic with his dive, he he got cleared. And, and Rangers have consistently called for consistency in, in the decision-making process. Um, first things first, are you surprised at the outcomes that we've seen throughout the course of the week? No. I mean, I think that's the, the most damning thing you can say about it is I don't know any Rangers supporter that's surprised, Ross. That, you know, when it was almost predicted that Roof would get, um, Roof would be called up as soon as Andy Walker and um, the commentator and, and, you know, let's be honest here, the, the director, the person who is actually behind that programme, you know, to be, to be fair to Crocker and Walker, they talk about what they're told to talk about. They don't say what's um, what's to be shown as a replay. There's a director there somewhere in Sky who's who's making these calls, um, and, and you knew fine well that was going to happen with 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 Morelos, and you knew fine well when when the roof challenge and then it was getting focused on the same thing would happen. Um, so it came as absolutely no surprise at all to anybody. Um, it, it came as even less a surprise that the Celtic forward. Um, was let off. Although I have to say, I would have thought Celtic would have been pushing for a two-game ban for him because I've seen him play. And I would Absolutely have thought that would be <laughs> to have him out that squad. Um, but, you know, yeah, you know, we shouldn't laugh because it is it is very, very annoying. Um, but no, entirely predictable. Yeah. I mean, so like I say, Rangers have, have kind of reiterated their calls for consistency this week, um, whether that be Gerrard in his press conferences or Rangers sending out some you know, fairly snarky tweets. Um, 
and I think it's probably clear to see why, as you, as you say, it was no surprise not only Kamar Roof's uh, outcome, but but Ajeti's as well. Uh, no one is no one is kind of shocked by this, um, and it, it kind of transcends the old firm as well. You know, there there have been a number of incidents. The one that I think back to is Curtis Main at Aberdeen going in knee high, studs up, and that's not that's not looked at, and there's no retrospective action for that. Um, how would you kind of sum up? The disciplinary process. We know that Claire White has left the role. Um, we haven't had a compliance officer kind of do a, a number of years in that role for a long time. And there's now this three-man panel making decisions. How do you kind of sum up the general state of the disciplinary process in Scotland at the moment? I mean, it's it's ironic that we've been calling for consistency because it has been consistent, but it's been consistently bad. And, you know, that's the reality of it. They had the guy McLennan, McLennan before Claire White. Um, they had Vincent Lunny, if you remember him. Um, you know, obviously Rod McKenzie has been involved at various different stages along the way. You know, it, it, the consistency is there for everybody to see. You just need to have a wee look. Um, it's farcical and it's unfair. You know, I mean, for all, you know, for all other, you know, okay, if you're a supporter of Kilmarnock, if you're a supporter of the agency, well, look, advantage. He's a bigger support, more money. Um, you know, the, the supporters of these clubs influenced by the crowd, etc. All that kind of stuff. Which I suspect most Rangers supporters would take issue with. But that's how people view it. But nobody who is in any way objective could look at this just now, Ross, and say that that this is this is fair. You know, it, consistently one team gets called out. And I've heard you know I've now heard people who say this week that Rangers have benefited because the because Roof didn't get sent off. Because Morellas didn't get sent off. I mean, it's like, well, hang on. You know, again, look at this objectively. Uh, the referees in both the cases saw what happened. There was no crowd in both those matches to, 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 to in any way influence. So they, and in both cases, they decided it wasn't a sending off. You know, it takes five replays from four different angles before you get to the point where you think, yeah, actually, fair enough. Um, there's one club, and, and I, am, I don't think of myself as being particularly paranoid Rangers supporter, but there is one club who has consistently pulled on these and other clubs that it's just ignored. And, you know, I think the most frustrating thing about, about the Roof one was most of us thought the referee's seen this, the referee's booked them, that nothing more can happen. That was the rule. So somewhere the rule has changed, Um I wasn't aware the rule had changed. I don't know if you were aware the rule had changed. I don't think Gerard was aware the rule had changed. But somewhere along the lines, the rule's changed. And now, even if the ref has seen it and the ref has decided to punish the player, we can still step in later and punish more. And, and I don't think that's fair. I really don't think, I don't think that's fair whatever club is involved in it. No. But when it's consistently your own club, you think, hmm, I don't know. I felt this week it was a case of the Empire Strikes Back. Um, I, I thought, no, the, the, the Celtic are um, are putting their, are trying to get all our reducts in a row just now and trying to do their best to upset us in various mm -hmm. different ways. Um, and, I, you know, I think losing Roof and Morellas for the game um, this weekend um, was the best outcome they could come up with under the circumstances. Yeah, um, I, I think you make some really, really good points there. And, and you're sort of verging on to talking about re-refereeing, which, which obviously Gerard spoke about in his press conference and, and has called out. And we'll come on to that in a moment. Um, we had we had Chris Jack on the show a couple of weeks ago from the, the Glasgow Times and the Herald Group. And 
Um, we asked him the question around trial by sports scene. It's a phrase that actually as Rangers fans, we, we quite like using that phrase trial by sports scene and um, maybe a more appropriate in this day and age is trial by Sky Sports. And I, I'm sure you know what I mean by that is that anytime Alfredo Morelos so much as wipes his nose in the player's direction, that's shown a hundred times and, and Crocker has a comment and Walker has the comment. And um, it, it seemed very apparent to me when we played Hamilton last week that they had a lad booked within 30 seconds for going up with an arm. It, was it an arm? Was it an elbow? Was he leading with it? Was it intentional? He was booked within 30 seconds and it was never commented on again. And I think I'm right in saying that he scored in the 94th minute. Mm. Um, so, you know, you mentioned Kamara, we benefited from having the player on the pitch. So did they. I'm not yeah. saying that should not saying it should have been a red card, but do you would you say that if that was our player that would have been reviewed a number of times? If that was Morelos booked within 30 seconds, how many times would he have been called? You know, he, he plays on the edge and and he's given his manager a decision to make and he's constantly letting his team down. Do you, do you think that there's something in that that the number of reviews, the number of replays, the number of times it's mentioned by the commentators starts to kind of infiltrate the retrospective action that these players face? A hundred percent. 100%. Profile plays a huge part in this. And I, I'm not trying to be smart here. I'm not trying to be arrogant. But what was the name of the Hamilton player? You know, and the reality is that most people, most people who are on tonight or most people who listen don't, don't, won't remember the name of that Hamilton player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, and I don't mean that to demean the guy, but the reality is that Rangers players' profile is so significantly higher than every other team in the country bar one. And and because of that, you know, you have to understand how the media works. You know, that Morelos sells papers. Morelos is, you know, is box office. Um, Roof is box office. Gerard is box office. And so they, they will get the attention of the media for good or for bad. At the same time, this isn't fair. You know, the, the SFA, the SPFL should be above that. Fine, if the media want to highlight things, if they want to use the names of these people to sell players and, and boost ratings, everyone understands that's how the game works. But the, the, the media is one thing, but the governing body should be above that. The governing body should be able to look at that and say, a player for Rangers and a player for Hamilton should be treated exactly the same. They should face exactly the same consequences for, for doing similar, um, or for being involved in similar incidents. Yeah, um, And I think we're all willing to look at the Hamilton thing and say, eh, 50-50. Did he mean it or was it accidental? Okay. Well, I feel the same with Roof. I look at the Roof thing and I've looked at it a dozen times and I look and I think, I don't think he meant it. He caught the boy, but I don't think he went there to hurt him. He was just trying to get ahead of the ball, get his body in the way of the ball. It was one of those things. Um, you know, but it wasn't a deliberate attempt to, to injure the guy and it certainly wasn't a deliberate attempt. Uh, to, to, I don't think he was deliberately trying to foul the boy. You know, Morelos was. So you put your hands up and you say fair enough. But I know I, I was, um, I, I do genuinely think that this is all to do with our profile. Um, and I think that is a, reflects very, very badly on the authorities that they can't see that, you know, no matter what your profile, the players should be treated the same way. So I'm, I'm now at risk of getting incredibly deviated from the agenda. But I think this is such an interesting point that if it is all about profile, then why is it that, you know, as you say, there are two clubs with pretty large profile in this country. Why is it that one's being treated from the other? Because, because in my opinion, they are. And, and I don't think that that's an overly controversial statement to make. Uh, you know, you look at the number of retrospective reviews. Um, I think that they cited a Yeti midweek, by the way, as a token... Oh, there's a bit of heat on us. There's a little bit of, um, you know, we're under the microscope a bit in, in terms of our disciplinary process. Let's pull them up and let's let's have a wee token look. 
Um, no surprise that he gets away with it. Uh, and the number of retrospective reviews on Celtic players is incredibly low. I think I'm right in saying up until a couple of weeks ago, there had never been a fast track review of a Celtic player that was upheld uh, in terms of ending up in a suspension. Um, so why is it that the two clubs of similar profile are treated differently? Well, that's a, it's an interesting question. Um, let's, okay, let's look at the under, our understanding of, of the statistics on this thing. Are this current Rangers team a physical team? Are they a dirty team? I don't think so. You know, this is a Rangers team. This is probably the first Rangers team in my lifetime that hasn't had a recognised enforcer in it, if we can call it that. Um, you know, most and most of the successful Rangers teams had two or three guys in the team that, you know, could um, could leave the boot in if required. This Rangers team doesn't. You know, Morelos has the, the, the reputation for, for being dirty, but, you know, Morelos' is, is stuff is, is about, you know, protecting himself as he gets kicked up in the air by three different centre-halves all taking a different go at him. Um, this isn't a dirty Rangers team. Could you say the same thing about our, our, our friends across the city? No, you can't. I mean, they have players in that team. You know, Scott Brown. And I, I, Don't take this as a criticism of Scott Brown. You know, in the end, that's how he plays. He plays on the edge. He's, he's, he's a player who gets involved. He's a player that tries to put the opposition off their game. He's a player who will look for the opposition's playmakers and do everything he can to stop them. But let's be, let's be honest here. He gets away with just shocking against St. Mirren the other night. You know, there was a the tackle in that. You think, how does he get away with that? But he's got away with it consistently for years now. And I do think part of that is Celtic are very, very critical, openly critical of the, the SFA and the SPFL when they feel like it. Now, cast your mind back to... to what seems like a long time ago when Celtic came back from Dubai, right? Um, and so Peter Lall made his sort of apology and then Neil Lennon hadn't been seen. Neil Lennon had to go and um, isolate. And if you recall his first press conference when he came back, yeah. he lost it. Mm -hmm. He had a go at the Scottish government. He had a go at the SPFL. He had a go at the... He had a go at everybody. And to this day, I will never understand... Why is he not up on a charge of being in the game at a distribute? He lost it completely. He absolutely had to go at everybody yeah. publicly. They are, I don't care what anyone says, you're right. They are judged to a different standard. And I do think it's because I think they have more influence in there. You know, I think they have a malign influence in there, frankly. You know, I think our, you know, our decade of, of um, you know, of not punching our weight you know, has, you know, they filled that void. Um, and I also think that the authorities are scared of taking them on. Um, I don't know why, but I do. I think the authorities of this country are scared of taking them on. And, and, and so they don't. The, the, um, Rick Robert on, wrote in Jersey, a great article in Jersey yesterday, today, or yesterday, I read it today. Um, and he pointed out that 40%, and I, did, I, wouldn't, I couldn't have told you this, but 40% of the citations have been to players playing against Celtic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to look at that and you think, really? <laughs> that's, and why is that? You know, why, why are these, why is it that that's what's constantly getting getting pulled up? Yeah. I don't know. You know, these, these are the kind of things that make us paranoid. 
Uh, yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. I think. Uh, by the way, what I will say for anyone who's listening who who kind of only knows Jersnet through the podcast, um, Rick Roberts' articles on Jersnet are consistently excellent and um, very very much worth checking out. Um, I, I think to kind of pull this one to a close, John, you mentioned the different tactic that Celtic take that Neil Lennon's come out and is incredibly critical, and that's not the first time he's lost his head in a press conference. Far from it. Um, Gerard today, his approach is very different. He's talking about re-ref in games. It's not fair on the referees that we have. We need to do more to bring up their standards, make them full-time professional. Um, I, I guess the question is, are the club doing enough? And I know that we will always have a very, very vocal section of the fan base that want a statement for this and a statement for that. And let's let's go to war with the SFA um, and let's, let's do it publicly. Um, and there's merits to that and there's drawbacks to that. But in, in your opinion, in a time like this, are the club doing enough? I'm going to assume that we are uh, we're looking at the, the, the swan just now. That, that on the surface it seems a bit serene and gentle, and underneath the, the, there's there's an awful lot of activity going on. Um, and I'm saying that with no insight. Uh, and I've you know I say that every time I come on about these things. I don't know anything about any. I've no insights into anything. Nobody tells me anything. Everything I'm telling you is just my opinion. Um, but I have been interested this season, and Colin and I spoke about this actually a couple of weeks ago. Um, I have been interested this season that we have been noticeably quieter. We have been noticeably more subtle in what we've been saying um, than we have been in, in previous seasons. Um, and I am going to assume that that is deliberate. I'm going to assume that that is, um, that that is a, a decision that has been made at a fairly senior level um, and I think you have to give that time to see if that brings about any change. It doesn't feel like it's brought about any change yet um, by the very fact that we're talking about it. Um, there's obviously something significantly going to happen this summer when, when Peter Law steps down and, and is replaced customers online, on site rather. Um, and so I suppose from that perspective, um, it, it makes some sense for us. But if you actually want to try and get things done, I think you have to make friends. You have to try and, and influence people from that way. Um, and it's not worked yet, but let's see. I think you have yeah, to give it time. I think that's a, that's, a, that's a fair way to put it. And I, I think let's not underestimate the influence of Peter Lawa leaving the world of Scottish football at the end of this season. That might present itself as, as more of an opportunity. Um, look, I think we've we've kind of gone on about this enough and we'll, we'll certainly revisit the topic on Sunday. Um, before we move on, I, I'll just take a moment to mention one of the partners that we here have here at Jersnet, which is rangerspicks.com. It's the official Rangers Pick'em game, uh, which is free to sign up, free to use, and you could be in with a shout of winning uh, a cash prize, which would be a share of £1,000. Um, and it's so easy that both myself and Frankie have actually won £50 or £60 pounds, uh, playing this game. All you have to do is sign up. It takes less than a minute to sign up. Um, there will be a, a market, for example, open for tomorrow's Kilmarnock game. You just have to make uh, 12 predictions about the game tomorrow, such as will Ryan Kent get an assist? How many tackles will Conor Goldson make? Uh, and if you get the most questions right, you're in with a shout of winning a share of the money. Um, like I say, rangerspicks.com, free to sign up, but it is technically gambling, so please make sure you're over 18 and gamble aware. Uh, now, John, your favourite topic on a Friday night, as we all know, is to talk about tax. Um, it's a shame that we don't have Colin here because I'm sure that the two of you could really ramble on about it. But it's been a big week, I think, in terms of um, the, the, the tax case uh, and, and everything that's kind of gone on with the review. There's been statements left, right and centre. I know that a lot of supporters, probably much like myself, uh, are A, 
I'm not bright enough to understand what's what's always going on with the tax cases, but also it's because Ross, it's because Colin and I actually pay tax. Uh, whereas, <laughs> I don't think you're, you're, are you still domiciled no. some tax exile, please? No, I've got a PO box now in Bermuda. It all goes there. Someone sorts that for me. But um, I think there's a, a degree of being like, look, we've been through all of this. We've been burned. We've we've had a, a, a horrible decade as a result of tax cases, and and it makes us switch off a little bit. But I think what's happening this week is is incredibly, incredibly important, um, and a little bit unusual as well uh, in terms of the the stuff that's come out about everything that went on ten years ago. Could you maybe just give us a little summary of, of what's happened and, and why it's so unusual? Yeah, I'll do my best. Um, it, it is unusual because what we have just now, and uh, as I say, I'll try and keep it short, but it is important to say at the start, this isn't really going to change anything, I don't think. You know, we, we, uh, we're not going to be able to go back in time and, and reverse some of the things that happened. But it is interesting because... Um, the Lord Advocate, who is the most senior law officer in Scotland, and Scotland, of course, has its own um, has its own legal system. You know, this this person is the, the most senior law officer, and he's a political appointment as well. Now, he's not necessarily a politician, but he's a political appointment. Um, and, and our current Lord Advocate, a chap called Lord Wolf, had to stand up in Parliament this week and and explain that one of his predecessors had um, had been part of what they describe as a malicious prosecution. Um, and this was a prosecution of, of the chaps from um, Duff and Phelps, um, White House and the other guy whose name's gone completely in my mind. Now, for a Lord Advocate to say that about anybody, but any kind of prosecution is very, very rare. Very, very rare. I mean, there have been miscarriages of justice in Scotland. These, ha- these are things that do happen. But um, for, for, for him to stand up and say that this was a malicious prosecution is, is quite something. Now, the word malicious could be, you have to be careful about that word because, the, you know, if I was to suggest that you had done something malicious, well, you would understand that that, you know, that was not, you know, you'd, I was accusing you of doing something deliberate. In, in legal terms, the word malicious doesn't necessarily mean that. It's it's a slightly grey area what that word means legally. But what it does mean is that the, the current Lord Advocate has has accepted, and the, the current Chief Constable has accepted, that the prosecution of those men was done for reasons other than wholesome ones, other than the fact that they had actually believed they had committed a crime and they had evidence to prove it. He was very careful about the words he, he used, and I'm trying to be careful with the words I use as well, because um, although you and Frankie may have won some money on, on the pickups, I feel it's probably not enough to cover, <laughs> to cover a legal case. Um, he, he was careful about the words he, he used. He was at pains to say there are ongoing cases, so as well as the, t- the two gentlemen from Duff and Phelps, there are some other people involved in these cases who are well known to us all, who we will all remember from the, the good old days of seven, eight years ago, um, um, who are currently involved in a court case with the Scottish government um, where they are, are also um, uh, have taken them to court uh, over a malicious prosecution. Um, uh, so that he was quite at pains to say that um, we can't uh, talk any more about the actual case themselves. 
However, what we have here just now is the, the, the most senior law officer in the country, the chief constable, senior politicians and Rangers Football Club all gathered together in what seems to be some, some sort of conspiracy. Now, what none of us can figure out is who it is that's behind this conspiracy and what it was they were hoping to achieve. Um, a, a look at Lord Mulholland's background would suggest that he probably didn't go to the East Enclosure terribly often as a boy. Um, but at the same time, we don't know whether this is specifically about him or some of his team or is it senior policemen. Um, but whatever is there is very, very strange indeed. Very, very strange indeed. And, and, and you know, almost unheard of. Um, it should now drop from the public eye a little bit, but we've, we've elections in May. Um, and politicians have already made uh, some hay with this, and I suspect some will try and make more because there's clearly more to this than we're, we're hearing just now. Uh, it's a very, very strange thing to have done. Um, as, a, as, a range, as a support, as I said, it's not going to change anything. Um, it's frankly annoying when you see the sums of money these people were awarded. Um, you know, I think £20 million plus expenses is what's been spoken about. Um, that comes out of, of our pocket. That comes out of the taxpayer's pocket. So if nothing else, we should be angry about that. Um, but for once, it looks like we might get clarity on this. There is now talk of a public inquiry. Um, Lord Mulholland, the previous um, Lord Advocate, has more or less said that he is in favour of a, a, a public inquiry. He, he, was in, he released a statement uh, which was reported this morning um, where he has distanced himself from some of the allegations that have been made. Um, but I do feel that we are going to get some clarity on this eventually. Um, and I think that can only be a good thing because so much of that time was so opaque, Ross. Um, so much went on, you just, you just couldn't figure it out as supporters. Uh, and if this helps throw some light on it, and from what I can gather, um, the, the Duff and Phelps too um, are quite keen to have um, their say and make this public. Um, then I think that would be in all our interests. Yeah. Well, look, as you say, I, this is not going to end up with Rangers being awarded titles that we might have won over the last decade had we not gone through those trials. But um, I think that the best that we can hope for as fans now is to try and make sense of what actually happened. And, you know, you often get people making comments like this would make an incredible book or an incredible movie uh, just about what went on. But I don't think anyone actually knows enough about what, what truly happened yet. Um, and, and, we have to believe that it will all come out in the wash one day. And as you say, so I, um, I have some legal knowledge and background from, from education and work. And, and it is truly astonishing, actually, for the, the events of, you know, admitting the, the, the uh, malicious prosecution or suggesting a malicious prosecution, um, the retort from Lord Mulholland saying he wants he wants this to be all out in the public domain and that it's scandalous, false statements that have been made. Um, it's a really, really interesting turn of events. And, and as you say, actually, yourself made a very, very good point through the week in the WhatsApp group that the money that this is costing the public in Scotland could have funded a hospital wing or could have been used for this, could have been used for that in a time when public funds are going to be stretched like no other for the next, probably the next decade because of what we're all living through at the moment. Um, it's a really, really fascinating and at the same time still very, very sad state of affairs that, that this is where we've got ourselves and uh, all, all over all over football and a football club. 
Um, so yeah, look, I think that's a, a very, very neat and concise summary of where we got to. I mean, as a fan, what what do you hope for to come from all of this? I'd love to see the truth come out. I would love to see, look, you know, what was the purpose of this? Was this, uh, you know, was this an attempt to some mud our way? Was this, I'd love, you know, these are people who um, should certainly be above, you know, frankly, petty football allegiances. Um, you know, it's one thing supporting a club, but it's another thing, um, you know, bringing that into your professional life and clouding your judgment on things that, frankly, you know, they, they shouldn't be. Um, so I, I think overall, I would just like, I would love to see some clarity come out of this because I think an awful lot of people took an awful lot of pleasure out of what happened to us as a club. Um, and a number of people, you know, you know, again, if you look at the actual tax bill now, that's a tax bill that our club could have could have paid. You know, we would have had a few difficult few seasons, we'd have had to sell a few players. Um, that's a tax bill our club could have paid. You know, and that's forgotten now. Yeah. You know, um, and everything that happened to us stemmed from that. Um, and so, yeah, I would like to see some clarity on this because that's a difficult period in our history. Um, and we have to own it. We do own it. You know, I don't know any supporter who's, who shies away from that. Um, uh, but it would be nice to just get some clarity in that because there was a few folk danced on us yeah. when they had the chance. And um, I don't think they should have done that. No. Well, look, I would say watch this space. I suspect you'll be watching a while. Um, but, you know, maybe, maybe just check in every now and then on this space and we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, I don't think this is going to go away. I, and I, I certainly, the, the amount of money that that this is going to cost, undoubtedly, for in terms, as you say, the expenses and the, the compensation for every Celtic fan who said those taxes that you didn't pay, this is a scandal. Surely this is the scandal. So this is you might shy away from this because it's because it's complex yeah. and because it's not very glamorous. It's it's the um you know, it's the legal intricacies of a tax prosecution. It's it's not easy to to sell that in a in a tabloid. So um that's again that's a damning indictment probably uh, uh, and I don't mean to, to criticize any of the journalists, the fine journalists that we've had on, on this show, but um yeah, there's there's so many kind of sad and distressing elements to all of this that I, I think all we can do is is hope that this all comes out in the wash. John, I think it is time that we actually start talking about some football. Wow. Um, talking about um, unpleasant stuff. I, I for one, I'm, I'm delighted to be you know back on the park tomorrow. Rangers at home against Kilmarnock. Um, Talking of unpleasant stuff, Kilmarnock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Kilmarnock, who have gone through a very difficult season so far. And, and um, you know, your friend and mine, David Wren, comes on the show a lot of the time and, and uh, very, very insightful. He obviously was a, a journalist in Kilmarnock for a number of years. Um, made a comment to me a couple of weeks ago that he felt that Kilmarnock, with the recruitment that they'd made, were sleepwalking towards relegation. And he, you know, kind of been proven right. And if if Hamilton and Ross County weren't so bad uh, last week, as an exception, um, he he may well have been proved absolutely right that the Kilmarnock could have found themselves in a really really distressing position. Um, the first thing to ask John is that we approach this in a bit of a dilemma up front. Kamaru, Alfredo Morelos, undoubtedly the two best strikers at the club are suspended. Um, Defoe perhaps back to full fitness, perhaps not. We're not quite sure. 
how do you approach the, the, the striker position tomorrow? Well, I think Eaton is, is playing up front. I thought it was interesting, Gerard's comments today. He, he was talking up Eaton. He was um, suggesting that he had a better game than, than perhaps most supporters gave him credit for. But to be fair, very few of them got pass marks uh, last weekend. Um, so I suspect Eaton will start. Um, I think the challenge is getting support to him. Um, you know, I think that will be the, the, the big challenge. I, you know, I don't think Defoe will start. I don't think Defoe can be match fit. Um, I would be surprised if Defoe starts. Um, I, I suspect he'll be on the bench, but I mean, he hasn't played, you know, what, has he played any football since the turn of the year? I can't no. remember. No. Um, so he's definitely not match fit. Um, so I would be surprised if he starts. I suspect it will be Eaton with Kent and another um, awful. Um, the, the problem they had the other day was that they weren't getting close enough to, to, to Eaton. And when the ball was coming up to him, it wasn't, it wasn't sticking. He wasn't finding anyone to, to give it to. Yeah, I actually thought Eaton did pretty well last week. Um, personally, I thought that he was, you know, he was winning a lot of balls and, and then not a lot happened because he didn't. Um, so you, you've mentioned you suspect it will be Eaton with probably with Ryan Kent just off, and Ryan Kent has been singled out for a lot of criticism from supporters over the last couple of weeks. Um, and personally, I think that, that a lot of that's been warranted. And I know that as a winger, you're you're naturally going to blow hot and cold, and and. Um, certainly playing in the Scottish Premier League, you're unlikely to find a winger who gives a 9 out of 10 every week. Um, do you think that there's any chance that Gerard will kind of listen to that that growing call from the support for Ryan Kent to, to maybe take a wee break? No, none at all. Um, no, I don't think... I, I, Kent, rightly or wrongly, Kent's with McGregor and Tav and Goldson is, is a stick-on. Mm-hmm. I, I think Kent would have to steal Gerard's car. Um, I, I, you know, I think he would have to do something seriously, seriously wrong not to get in that team just now. Um, I, I mean, I agree. I, his form hasn't been great. He's not the only one, but his form hasn't been to the level that we would expect. But, you know, he's there to do a job. He works hard. Even when he's not playing well, he does work hard. Um, you know, he does, um, he, he tracks back. He does those types of things. But, you know, Kent is there to create. You know, Kent is there as uh, for his speed and his, and his, his, directness um, for his crossing and, and that's the side of his game that hasn't been as strong as perhaps we would like it. I always feel Kent's a kind of big game player. I always think Kent's the kind of guy, you know, Kent likes to Kent likes the old firm games, Kent likes European games. Yeah. You know, I always feel that's where you see Kent at his best and Hamilton away in February isn't isn't his you know. I, I would I would actually support Ryan Kent being dropped to the bench for a game. Um, maybe bring in Scott Wright uh, and, and see what he can do. We still, I mean, we still have Greg Stewart, as far as I'm aware, um, somewhere. You <laughs> <We> never <laughs> is the one, the one player who never seemed to find his way to the exit door. Gordon Jones goes to Sunderland, and 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 Greg Stewart goes to Auchinhoe. Um, Hadji with Aribo. I feel there's options, and Kent shouldn't shouldn't be untouchable given the performances that I, I, I do think he's put in the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, last week, I think, was probably our weakest performance. You could maybe talk about Livingston earlier on in the season or St Mirren in the Cup. Um, I actually think last week was, was probably worse and we were lucky to get a point. If you're Steven Gerrard with this group of players 
um, who obviously had a bit of a collapse last season after after the, the winter break. How do you? I would hope this week there was some very clear focus made that this the job is not done. You know that yes, they're in an strongly, strongly good position, but the job's not done. They haven't completed it yet, and it has to be completed. Um, and I would hope that that's what's been getting put through to them. Um, you know, we're at home. The pitch is not going to be good tomorrow, Ross. You know, the weather in Glasgow has been rotten this week. It's been barely got above freezing. Um, we got a lot of snow at the start. Again, so the pitch will be wet. Um, our, our kind of fluid best because I don't think we've been playing in, on wonderful pitches. Um, the pitch is probably not going to be great tomorrow. Kilmarnock, um, I suspect Kilmarnock um, are, are going to make life difficult for us. And so I think the work that the coaching team will have done this week um, will be reinforcing that. Um, <laughs> the hairdryer stuff, you know, I think that's best for half time. You know, I don't think you do that through the week. Through the week, you build the players up. You, 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 you know, you, I don't think modern players react to that in the same way that perhaps they did 20 years ago. Um, but that's normal. You know, there are guys there who perhaps aren't seeing their kids. Um, there, there, there'll be guys there who, you know, wouldn't have seen, particularly guys like Kent, um, you know, guys who aren't from Glasgow or from the West of Scotland. You know, I don't, I don't know his background. I don't know his family, but I mean, I don't imagine he's seen much of them, um, uh, much of them for the last... really changed for us when we brought on Davis and Ryan Jack. Would you expect to see the two of them starting tomorrow? Um, and do you think that maybe Zungu in particular has kind of blown a chance at a longer contract at Rangers? Yes. I don't think Zungu's going to be here after the summer. Um, he looks like a tidy player, but he's not a replacement for any of those three. Um, uh, so, no, I, I, you know, you're judging the guy on you know, a couple of starts and a few substitute appearances. But from what I've seen, no, he hasn't looked like that to me. Um, I, after the St. Mum game, after the St. Mum Cup game, when we lost, um, I remember on Jersnet the next day on Jersnet saying that, you know, what we learned from that was that whatever game it is, any two from Kamara, Davis or Jack have to start because you, we need to, at least two of them. And I think in a game against a team like Kilmarlock, they're going to sit back Two of them is fine. Um, I would be very surprised if it's not Jack and Davis. Um, I'd be very surprised if Jack and Davis are, are, are two sitting midfielders tomorrow. And, and I think on balance, because of, of Kamara, I think Kamara's had quite a few games recently, Ross. I think Kamara, boy, that wasn't at his best um, last week. That said, he was absolutely brilliant um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think it was the Hibs game. He, just, he, was, yeah. he, he was immense. Um, so I've certainly not for... for you know, bombing them out, but I suspect that those two will start. I think if they're both fit, they'll start. Yeah, you're just backing me up, Glenn Kamara, big game player. Um, the, the, yeah, Hibs. Hibs. <laughs> I, I mean, Hibs is a bigger game than than, than Hamilton anyway. I'd say. Um, and now, if we actually start to think about Kamara themselves, uh, they get rid of Alex Dyer and quite sharply bring in Tommy Wright, who you know, very very successful by St Johnston standards. You know, winning the Scottish Cup there in 2014. Um, and actually, I think not a bad fit for a Kilmarnock side that's that's struggling. Um, I think he'll get some discipline into them. But they didn't have the best of starts midweek, struggling against Motherwell. 
Um, what, what do you expect him to kind of bring that, that, that might change Kilmarnock compared to how we've seen them? I mean, I always think with Kilmarnock, they recruited badly. I don't think that's in doubt. They, they haven't brought in excellent players. They've got a couple of players who can hurt teams. You know, Chris Bark still hurting, still hurting teams. Mm-hmm. Nicky Kabamba scores a, a, a fair number of goals. Um, they got rid of Eamon Brophy, which I thought was a real surprise. Um, because I thought he was probably their most dangerous player. Mm. Um, but I think the recruitment's been poor and they've, they've had a lack of discipline and a lack of solidity. Do you think that that's the kind of thing that Tommy Wright might be able to fix? Yes, um, Wright is... Well, you can only judge him what he did at St Johnston. Um, he made St Johnston a very hard team to beat. It's not. He doesn't play pretty football. Um, and, no. you know, I, don't, I actually don't think he's a long-term solution for Kilmarnock. You know, I actually don't think the Kilmarnock support Kilmarnock support want the Kilmarnock support want Steve Clark. Yeah. You know, the Kilmarnock support want that they, they want somebody who gives them some hope. I don't I don't think they have great expectations of winning the league or winning the cup. You know, I, I think they are realistic about that. They would like to be entertained. I don't I don't think Tommy Wright's an entertainer. Um, you know, he's a pragmatist. Um and to be fair, in their current position, they're they're only one point ahead of, of Ross County. Um you know, so they, they, they could go second bottom tomorrow, um, depending how other results go. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, they've lost five in a row. Uh, they're in terrible form. Um, you know, this is the kind of game. It's a free hit for mm-hmm. Tommy Wright. It's a free hit for Kumarlock. I expect, you know, it's 10-man defence. It's try and hit us in the break. Try and do something with set pieces. Um, I, you know, that's, that's what Kumarlock will be doing. We need to break Kumarlock down early. Um, we need to be patient if we don't. Um, we need to keep moving that ball. We need to be tying them out um, because uh, you know he he will have spent this week working on defensive discipline. He will have spent this week working on that, trying to to solidify a team that's been conceding goals. Um, and and I think that is is the challenge. I mean, they, they don't score goals either, but you know a new manager comes in. Uh, you know, they've had two bad results: lost to St. Martin and then lost to Motherwell. Um, and, and Motherwell are kind of down there with them so um, you know that was a bad result for them but you know we've seen this before you know Hamilton last week you know Hamilton you know dead and buried we all yeah. thought and uh, you know certainties to go down this season um, you know they looked pretty good to me last week yeah um, you know so teams can raise the game when they play Rangers and and you, you say that you expect 10-man defence and I, yeah. I completely agree Um do you, do you have a bit of confidence that we've got better at dealing with that this season than, than maybe the last two or three years? Yes. Oh, definitely. Yeah. We have we've more guile in our team, mm. um, without a doubt. We're going to miss Roof and Morellas tomorrow because they're yeah. both players who bring guile. They're both guys who can win you a match. Um, we will miss that tomorrow. Um, but no, I mean, between, you know, aside from the obvious guys like um, uh, Hadji and uh, uh, Aribo and Kent, Aside from them, um, you know, you've got guys like Davis. You know, Davis can can open the defence uh, any time he wants. You know, he, he's ability to do that. Um, the fullbacks, you know, our fullbacks are so important to us. Um, and with 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 Eaton playing with Eaton's height, um, you know, the right cross into the box will be important because they'll have a big defence. They'll be looking to to just you know keep knocking it back out again. Um, that'll be important. We'll get free kicks. We'll get set pieces. They'll be important. You know, I do think we'll win fouls. Um, you know, Kilmarnock will be quite a physical team. Tommy Wright's teams tend to be quite physical. I suspect he's going to add that to, the, to them as well. Although I think it was felt quite physical under Dyer. Um, so, uh, yeah, 
I, I do think we've been better at it. You've seen that this season. We have been better at it. Um, pitch isn't going to suit us tomorrow. Um, weather's supposed to be okay, um, cold. But um, yeah, I'm expecting that kind of war of attrition, I'm afraid. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's a good point. War of attrition is a good way to put it. And pitch may not be the best, but at least it's grass and it's not rugby park, um, where we have, thankfully, we don't have to go again this season. Yeah. Um, well, John, I think that that probably brings us, certainly brings us to the end of all the questions that I'd had written out. Um, and at 49 minutes, that's quite a long preview show, but I think we'll probably have to wrap that one up there. Um, <laughs> so what I'll say is a, a massive thank you as always to John for, for joining us tonight and, and bringing his insight on, on some fairly meaty and difficult topics. Um, the, the show will be back on Sunday night with both myself and John and uh, our good friend David Wren will be hosting that one. So please do join us then. That's Sunday at 9.30. As always, it's here live on YouTube and will be available for download from Monday morning wherever you get your podcasts. Do head over to the website at www.jersnet.com uk uh, to, to catch up on all the articles, all the previews, the friendly discussion forum. Uh, and please do check out our partners over at rangerspicks.com as well. The only other thing to say is we will see you on Sunday. Thank you very, very much for joining us and enjoy the game tomorrow.